you understand any of that, you're a dork. I have been so geeky this week, you guys. The right amount of drunk for this. This is serious business. Greetings, it's 8 p.m., but it might as well be 3, and happy summer solstice to everybody. This is Serious Business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's episode. And tonight, tonight, we have the return of Marcus. Yay! <laughs> Who is uh, joining us because he's back in the country for a little while. But we've also got Kristen. Kristen, how's it going? It's going well. I'm glad to hear it. Kristen, have you ever left the country? And if so, where have you gone? Besides Canada. Canada doesn't, it doesn't count. It's not real. That's America <laughs> Junior. And besides the cruise I went on when I was like in ninth grade, which is not the ideal time to be on a cruise because you're too old for the kitty stuff and you're too young to drink. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sitting uh, around eating free pizza. I've been to Rome and I've been to London. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. enjoyed the hell out of both of them. And when I say Rome, I mean Rome. I mean like... There are these people in our hostel who are like, oh, yeah, we're going to Florence and Venice. And they're like on this week long trip. And we're like, no, we're spending pretty much the entire week here. I insist we go to Pompeii for a day, but we pretty much spent the entire time in one city. That's awesome. Did anything uh, particularly stick out to you from your experience in Rome? Anything that you would recommend people do if they're there? I mean, I had a fantastic time at the Vatican, both the chapel and in the museum. I really liked the. Uh, the Pantheon, because it's huge. It's huger than you... The pictures don't do it justice. That's kind of the reason I went, too, is I took an art history class, and mm-hmm. the professor said, you you can't get a sense of scale unless you go. So I kind of went, okay. Mm-hmm. And went, so... Those were did, you, did you see many wall-sized frescoes? <laughs> well, uh, a lot in Pompeii, actually, where we had a really good time. That's about when we started going a little bit loopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, it was, it was fun. I recommend uh, you bring a frisbee to Pompeii and you can pretend you're playing discus um, mm. on the gymnasium and stuff. I didn't do that, uh, and I regret it. So, yeah. That's awesome. You're like, I'm so strong! <laughs> throwing this fris- I can throw this frisbee hundreds of feet. Um, yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, cool. And what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening? I've got another one of those grapefruit beers that I was drinking mm. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> you know, Marcus, uh, while you were gone, Kristen did do a strawberry once. Or was it a, was it, it a real... It was a raspberry. 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 I, I, even I haven't had the raspberry. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, and, of course, we've got Marcus. Marcus, how's it going? Well, uh, Jeff, I want to just back up a little bit. I'm moving to Hawaii, and earlier you insinuated that that was not in the country. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about real America. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, real America, like Boston and New York. <laughs> what did I say? You're, you're, you're. Uh, I, I thought I just said you're back in the country. Or did I just yeah, say... Yeah, you said back in the country for a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> you're, staying, you're staying in the country permanently. You're just... You're in our time zone for a little bit. Oh, wow. Yes, there we go. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> um, but yes, yes. Moving on, Marcus. Uh, it's been a long time, but we, uh, we are happy to have you back. So aside from China, Marcus, I understand that you have been to many different places out of the country. How about you pick one primarily in, say, Scandinavia and talk, <laughs> talk about that a little bit? Should I pick Sweden? Because I don't think that, that's fair because, you know, I li- I've, I've lived there. 
that that was the idea. Was that <laughs> you could talk about it with some semblance of authority? Um, see, but the thing is, is that I'm from like the Kentucky of Sweden, like <laughs> the, like the place you don't like. There's almost no reason to go. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like I guess we got the Northern Lights and stuff. That that's always really oh neat no and, big. Yeah, but but the thing is, is that they're loud and they're annoying. What really? But, yeah, they're really fucking loud. They make these like big swooshy metallic noises. Cool. They, they don't tell you that. <laughs> That's but, uh... rad. <laughs> <laughs> you just think they're all majestic and quiet. <laughs> but no, in reality, it's like having the world's largest, <laughs> loudest washing machine above your head. Ever yeah, wa- washing machine is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool though. But uh, so so you're you're mostly in in the boonies of Sweden. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's not a lot of people. Like, the mosquito to person ratio is is pretty nuts. It's like uh, I don't know, asteroids to planets ratio, mm. or asteroids to sun. I don't know. I'm not an astronomer. I don't know why. I, well, I don't know why I tried going down that path. Um, but but yeah, there's it, there's not a lot of people, and there's a lot of insects that want to eat you. Like, there's a multitude. There's, like, at least, like, four different species of insect that I know that like to eat people. I thought in the frozen waste you could get away from the No, 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 no. It it gets worse. God damn it! (laughs) Is there no respite? uh, New York City. There's your respite. Uh, no. Stay stay there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, where they just have the the motel-sized cockroaches. (laughs) Right. You know, but they're they're a little too fat and lazy to eat you, but they are large and in charge. <laughs> the exterminator came last week. I almost hugged him. <laughs> uh, so, Marcus, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine evening? Uh, I am drinking seltzer water, and uh, I'll tell you why later. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Let's see. I've been out of the country a couple different times. I've been to England. I went to London, and then... Uh, we toured around the countryside a little bit. I have been to Kenya, which is a really awesome place that I highly recommend people people go to. Um, I have been to Bermuda, which is great. And wait, I've wait, been... wait, wait. This is some bullshit. He's listing off all of them, and I only got to pick one? Well, I, you've been to like <laughs> 6,000 different places. Uh, and I'm only just going to talk about them <laughs> super briefly. Um And then I've been to New Zealand. And of all the places I've been, New Zealand is by far the greatest. Um New Zealand Middle is, Earth, man. It's, yeah, I... yeah, it's it's that and more. It's literally that and more. Um, you can drive for an hour and be on a glacier, and then drive for an hour and be in a rainforest, and then drive for an hour and be on a beach. Like that is the type of place New Zealand is, and they've got legit fjords too. Like <laughs> legit the real fjords. stuff. <laughs> it's like them in Norway and nowhere else have have real fjords. And uh, let's see, I am drinking. Pop, pop. Pop quiz. Do you know the indigenous name for New Zealand? Um, I don't. I know that the the Maori are the native tribe, but I don't know the indigenous name. Uh, at least off the top of my head. It's Aotearoa. Wow. It's quite a name. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. Is, is that a Maori it, name? I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, I, I, had to, I had to take a Pacific history class and... That's pretty much the most I can do with that knowledge. <laughs> correct people. It's not Easter Island. It's Rapa Nui. Oh, cool. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> um, and I am drinking a Lining Kugel Summer Shandy, which I will open presently. Oh, boy. Oh. 
Are, how much are you getting? Like a twenty spot for that? Uh, at least <laughs> bringing in bringing in those podcast dollars left and right. I go to sleep in a giant pile of pennies every <laughs> every night. I don't know. A giant pile of pennies might be like twenty bucks. So, <laughs> it might be twenty bucks, I, and it also be... is probably filled with disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, money is so dirty, literally. All right, so uh, on that note, we're going to be talking about Marcus's time in China. Marcus is going to provide us with some insight into what it's like to live in that part of the world, specifically Shanghai, I believe. And Marcus, uh, I understand before we go into specific questions and that sort of thing, that you have a story for us. So this is the story of why I'm home uh, a couple weeks early. Oh, no. And uh, yeah. the reason is heart disease, but, but it's kind of funny, so... Uh, we'll pick it up from there. So what happened was, is I had pneumonia. I thought it was like a, like a flu, but like about like on the fifth day or so of the flu, I was like, I'm going to tough it out. I'm just going to drink vitamins and stay in bed and whatnot. And, uh, on the fifth day, my, uh, my heart started hurting like a lot. And I was like, huh, this is a, uh, this is, this seems to be a hospital type situation. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, I'm not quite certain, but I'm fair. <laughs> but I believe my heart is important to my vitality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, but I don't know anything like in terms of like how to get to a hospital or anything like that. So my strategy is just go to the biggest road and hail down a cab and say hospital. But here's the thing. If you get into a cab, the cab driver is not going to just take you to a hospital. He's going to take you to the cab driver's hospital. So I walk through the front door, and it's immediate chaos. It is at least 300 people just running back and forth. And the way a Chinese hospital works that isn't, like, a nice one is that you have to go to the cashier or wait in line behind, like, 40 people between each thing. So you go see a doctor. You send you to the cashier. You go to the pharmacy. They send you back to the cashier. So you kind of play pinball around this whole entire situation for about, like, four hours before you get any actual medical knowledge about your situation. So eventually I go and I um, see a, a doctor. And I'm, like, describing my, my situation to him in uh, my, like, college-level Chinese, which is, you know, not the best. So he's sitting there and, like, he has my finger, like, into one of those, like, little things they wrap around your finger to see, like, you know, all your vitals. And he's going, like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. Like, when I'm describing all my symptoms, like, it, fa it sounds like he's blowing me off, like he's not listening to me at all. But then he just, like, turns the computer monitor around and my heartbeat is, like, going so, like, high up that it's, like, off the chart and then so low down that it's off the chart. Like, it's just, like, little flat lines uh, on the tops and bottoms of this chart and he's like yeah see that uh you're not supposed to be doing that so he immediately puts me in the ward right next to his office and he's like okay you know like you're fine just calm down like he's trying to calm me down he says but the only thing he knows in english to like you know like that's a comforting phrase is uh take it easy <laughs> so so every like five minutes he comes and checks on me he's like hey Take it easy. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, and he puts me in the ward with all the dying people. I am 22. I bring down the median age of this room by about 40 years just by my presence. 
And so, like, I'm lying down, and they put me on, like, this stretcher. It's not a bed. It's just a full room full of, like, green stretchers. And everyone has their family come bring them, like, blankets and pillows and stuff like that. But, like, you know, I didn't have any of that shit. So I was just, like, on a stretcher like you like you'd carry off an injured football player on. And immediately within 30 minutes of me getting there, the lady across from me dies. Like, like she's about, like, four feet away from me. And she just, boom, flatlines. And her family's all around her when she dies. And they do not take it lightly. Like, I'm, like, laying there. And, like, there's just this, like, whole family across from me going, like, ah! 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 And then one woman's just screaming over and over again, like, my mom's dead! My mom's dead! You know, then the doctor swings by and he's like, take it easy. (laughs) Take it easy. Just take it easy. And they're just like, okay, so we're going to put you on this IV drip for a little bit. I'm like, oh, what's the IV drip for? Well, it's a numbing agent to make sure that your heartbeat doesn't beat, it like doesn't get any calcium in it. And it should revert back to beating normally. So pretty much they're just doing anesthesia on my heart to like try to get it to work again in the right way. At, at this point, you know, like, my girlfriend's coming, and she's great. You know, she's brought me blankets and pillows and stuff like that. But she eventually has to leave because she has class in the morning, and she has to, like, get stuff from the apartment and, like, bring it over to me and, like, you know, like, talk to my parents and all that. Uh, because at this point, I still have pneumonia. So I'm still, like, throwing up, and, like, I have, like, these cold shivers, and I'm just, like, sitting here, like, for hours just watching my heart rate monitor just... Like it lo- it looks kind of like a seismograph more than a heartbeat. So the next day, the, the, like, you know, like I, I don't sleep at all. And the way that it works in a Chinese hospital is that your family and friends are all around you. And they're not there necessarily because they love you. They're there because the only way to receive any type of medical attention is you have to lobby for it. Like, you have to see a nurse running around or a doctor running around. You have to grab them and shake them and being like, this isn't normal. Please help. So I didn't really have that so much. Uh, my girlfriend was around, but she would have to leave. Or, you know, we both hadn't slept for two days by the time the next day rolls around at this hospital. So they come up to me and uh, the next day and they're like, okay, well, if you're going to be here, we're going to have to start charging you rent. So my, I have to pay rent on this about four by six foot space that I'm occupying in the uh, in the ward but one doctor comes up to me and he like kind of like you know tugs on me and he's like he pulls like you know he pulls me aside from the other patients and he says in Chinese he's like uh you know there's a foreigner hospital that you might be more comfortable at <laughs> and they transfer me there and lo and behold it is way better it's like a normal hospital so I get there, and, you know, the story gets kind of uneventful from there. You know, they, uh, they do the test, and they're like, well, you're going to have to get this operation, so they send me home early. But that was my experience being in a Chinese hospital. Well, first off, Marcus, I'm glad that you're still alive. Yeah. Just get, I, I, I think we're all glad that you're still alive. We'll, we'll get that out of the way. Yeah. Second off, it sounds like they could benefit from, from triage. Um, that might that might be a sensible policy for them to implement um i uh i I don't don't really have any other response for this situation oh oh, uh i i I forgot to mention okay so there was like three types of dying people in there there was like there was like the lady across from me 
who, who actually who just, died. Yeah, just like straight up died. Yeah. And you could totally see from the heart rate monitor that she was like not gonna make it. Then oh yeah, by the way, the heart rate monitors are all out for display. Like it's like it's like a little gallery of watching how sick people are. And but then you there's betting like, on then, the heart rate monitors like it's a horse you, race. You, you almost could. Oh, and boy. Then, the, then the second one is the people who are in so much pain, all they do is just moan and make it impossible to sleep. So you just, like, you're trying to sleep and all you hear is, oh, It sounds like the zombie apocalypse while you're trying to sleep. But, you know, it's okay. Hey, just relax. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, that, and then there's the tier three people who are, like, me and below. And, and, like, maybe a little bit above me, too, who are, like, just sitting here in horror as people are dropping around them and or moaning like zombies or as if death is, like, as if they're having a last panting conversation with life. <laughs> yeah, it does give you a respect for people in the medical profession. <laughs> yeah. I have a very good friend who's in medical school right now doing his rotations, and he has many stories that are along the lines of absurd, ridiculous things involving life and death and, and those sorts of things. But that's, uh, that's pretty insane, Marcus. And uh, pneumonia, how, the f- how did you get pneumonia? You're like, you're 22, you said? Yeah. What did you, what did you do to yourself? Nothing. Was, I, I don't know. I think my like, apartment was really wet or something like that. Because the thing is, is that they have laundry machines in most of China. And Shanghai is a great city, don't? Like, I mean, while the story's horrible, it's really just being in a disease and being in the poorest hospital. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not reflective of the city. But uh, I was in a dorm, and they had washing machines, but they don't have dryers in China. You dry everything by just hanging it up. Right. And what happened was is that the dorm I was in, like, it had its own shower and toilet, which was nice, but it was just that, like, you would take a shower, and the moisture of that shower would never leave. Or if you hung up your clothes to dry in your room, it would never, like, it was always, like, kind of like a rainforest in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing that had to do with it. Well, pneumonia is a real bitch, and again, I am very glad that you recovered. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's pretty pretty intense. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about the positive side of Shanghai, certainly, <laughs> and your perspective on that. But I yeah. think it's time for our first refill break. <laughs> yeah. So a, a brief toast to uh, to life and the living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, we will be RV. Be RV. Pour one out for that Chinese lady. Marcus, tell us a little bit about Shanghai, the city, as, as you knew it. I know you've been to several large, I mean, you spent several uh, months in New York before you went. What was the, what was the transition like? What's Shanghai uh, like right now? Sh- Shanghai it makes uh, New York look like a, like a hamlet. It's, <laughs> it's so massive. A lot prettier, too. Because Shanghai, all the buildings light up at night. And they, and they don't light up as in just, like, they're just yellow buildings that have, like, light bulbs on them. Like, they all have these, like, giant LED displays or, like, you know, they'll have, like, rain effects on the side of the buildings. And it's not, like, you know, like a cheap little rain effect on the side of, like, a house, like, for, like, a Christmas decoration. It's, like, these are, like, 80-story buildings 
that are completely covered with displaying LED lights, and they just cover the whole sky. You know, like, whenever they do, like, an anime or something like that, and they have, like, Neo-Tokyo or something right, like that? Right. It looks like a Neo-Tokyo. <laughs> it's really, really, really pretty, especially at night. That's crazy. I um, I had heard that it had been referred to as Crane City. Is that bullshit? Or, or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, there's cities in China that are more like that because Shanghai already has a lot of big stuff. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you can't look in any direction without seeing at least one construction crane. Yeah, I saw someone did like a 20-year like sort of time-lapse of photos of Shanghai's skyline, and between now and 20 years ago, it's like completely different place. Yeah, um, it was like sort of. It was very widespread looking 20 years ago, but it looked kind of like a port city, like like sort of the Boston Harbor. Like there wasn't a lot of high rise stuff. It looks like and London, then, like old London. Yeah, exactly. And then now, of course, it's it's Times Square, the city. Yeah, from what you're describing, yeah. it's pretty, like an pretty. entire city of Times Square, surrounded by a regular city. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's. So it's the largest, it's the most populous city in the world. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing there? I was finishing up my degree. That's awesome. So, yeah, I graduated in China. That was pretty cool. Uh, I went to this place uh, called Tongji. It's like number five in China or whatever. That's what they always advertise. But it's like the only international school in China. Like, all, like you know, uh, many of the Chinese schools are really, really segregated between international students if they have any. And the Chinese students, even the, even at this like so-called international school, they really try to keep you apart from the Chinese students. And the reason is because uh, international students and Chinese students get into a lot of fights. <laughs> well, Why? Uh, well, you know, different Race, col- yeah, racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, on both sides and stuff like that. Like a lot of people who come to China are idiots. Like, you know, like you would stereotype, you know, an American who loves London as like, oh, it's just like, oh, my God, it's like a terrible fangirl. Or, you know, like someone who goes to Japan, like, oh, my God, only an anime loving neckbeard or whatever would Mm -hmm. go to Japan who's American. The people who come to China, a lot of them are really like antisocial, angry people. I, I don't know what about China attracts these type of people, but there's like a lot of them. And a lot of them cause like problems. That's a shame. Yeah, it's a, it's a really pain. It's a big pain in the ass. The acronym for uh, someone who comes from uh, England to Hong Kong, who's like a loser, is called filth, which stands for failed in London try Hong Kong. Wow. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. I will say that I spend a lot of time at Harvard, and when I'm there, there is, uh, this time of year, an inordinate amount of uh, Far Eastern tour groups and many of them are definitely from China. And it feels like it's very interesting to see that sort of thing happen because uh, it feels like there is this exchanging of respect that's, that's kind of occurring. That, that now it's, it's, it's a very real thing for many people in China to just say, I can go to Harvard. Like, that's a thing I can do. And that's, that's just sort of the sense I get from a lot of the people who are constantly wandering around. They're like, oh, my children, I will send them here, you know. So it's it's interesting. I feel like uh, the the exchange of students is probably something that's going to only get bigger and bigger and bigger between the United States and China over the next uh, ten years or so. So is there anything about this entire experience that has not been cynical? <laughs> that, yeah. Uh, that, that, that that has not. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yes, yes. There's been a ton that's been really awesome. Like when I was looking for things to do uh, in China, like one of them was like, oh, I'll play Magic because that's something like I already know all the cards like, and I can meet Chinese people who have a similar hobby. And I ended up making some amazing friends playing Magic at, uh, at this one card shop. It, it was really, really cool. They would help me out. or What would happen is they played in this mall. And what would happen is they would literally cut all the power in the mall at 10 o'clock, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And they would literally take out these old lanterns and put them on all the tables if you still wanted to play at their card shop after the whole entire power in the building had been cut off. And almost none of them spoke any English. And, you know, my Chinese was decent. So there was like a lot of hand gesturing, a lot of thumbs upping. A lot of like, you know, head slapping, like, oh, wait, no, 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 this is what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're, they're really cool. And uh, I met this one kid, and he, like, he was like, he's like about maybe like five foot ten. Uh, he's got glasses, short hair, and uh, I was playing magic with him, but he spoke perfect English. He was correcting my grammar. That's how <laughs> English was. He had absolutely no accent. I was like, oh, man, have you been studying in the U.S.? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I kind of want to go to the U.S. though. I was like, oh, when do, you go to the, when do you plan to go to the U.S.? Oh, probably when I graduate high school. Oh, well, you're a high school student? He's like, no, no, I'm in middle school. What? He was 13 years old, and he had, and he was like, oh, I was like, is your mom or dad American or something like that? He's like, no, 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 I just, you know, studied hard. We're wow. fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that I, that's the one of the sense I got in, in Shanghai was that a lot of them spoke English so perfectly well. Like, I would start speaking to Chinese and they would immediately switch to flawless English. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it, at, halfway through my experience, I was like, what am I doing here? I think, like, we're already there, you know? Like, we're already all, like, their English is so superior to my Chinese that I, I, I think that this, like, me learning Chinese is completely irrelevant at this point. That's crazy. But that's awesome. That, that, that thing about the lantern sounds really great. So I, I do have a question about that, though. You mentioned that the power in the mall got cut off at 10. Is that typical? Like, Yeah. Or, I mean, like, it didn't get cut off, like, as in it was rationed or anything. Right. Like but but, but okay. so the building was just sort of closing. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they closed the building. The thing is, is that the malls in China are, like, seven stories tall. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, like, way huger than the malls we're used to. Right. So it's, like, one building manager who just, like, cuts. Like, I, I talked to the guys at the card shop about it, and they're like, yeah, we've never met the guy. <laughs> like, the guy who does the power or does anything here. We mail a check once a month, and, that, and then we get to stay here. And no one swings by or anything like that. So it's, like, a completely different way of running a, the business. Huh. Oh, that's that's interesting. So each mall is kind of its own little city, basically. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's a funny story. My girlfriend would come with me a lot when I played magic tournaments. Mm-hmm. But I would play magic tournaments like maybe like four times. Hold a week. on, hold on. Obligatory oxymoron joke. Continue. Huh? Uh, just girlfriend magic tournament. Never mind. Uh, never, yeah. never mind. Just just keep going. Wackety schmackety. Wackety schmackety. No. <laughs> so. So what would happen is I'd play four uh, like four times a week, and that would add up to a lot of hours because a magic tournament is like many hours. But like what she would do is she'd be really bored. Like she would come do her homework, and then she'd be like, "Shit, what do I do now?" By the way, I did not force her to go to these things. She just came with me, and she then she would be bored when she got there. 
but what happened is that, you know, like between rounds and stuff like that, she's like, hey, can I go to like the nearest like convenience store and get you like a soda or something so I can do something? So she would. But by like one month into, you know, doing all these magic tournaments, the people who worked at the convenience store started giving her an employee discount because they thought she had worked. She was working in the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Can you talk about the food a little bit? Like, what's it like? I mean, I'm assuming it's not like what I'm going to order for takeout later. You know, what's really cool about Shanghai is that it's so big that it's like New York. You can get any type of food anytime. Like, mm-hmm. the best Mexican restaurant I've ever been to has been in Shanghai. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is really funny. A typical meal would be like, you would get the, like, you know how you never get a sandwich at 7-Eleven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in China, everyone gets a sandwich at 7-Eleven. But, like, instead of a sandwich, they had this thing called a fantuan, which literally means, like, a, um, a rice ball. But pretty much what they would do is it would be rice, and inside of it would be, like, a marinated, you know, hunk of chicken or something that's pre-cooked. And then they'd wrap it in seaweed, and it would cost about, like, 80 cents. And you would get one of these, you'd go to the cashier and be like, microwave this, please. <laughs> and, that, and that would be probably about your breakfast every day. Uh... But in terms of, like, actual food, like, you could get, like, this giant bowl of, like, Uyghur ramen, and it would be, like, 80 cents as well. And it would be, like, the most delicious ramen you've ever had. That, and, like, you see them making it and stretching it out in the back and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, the food, the food is really good, and it's, like, you can totally afford it. Yeah, right. Which is really cool. Yeah, but, uh, is it expensive there, just besides the food? Uh... No, the best part about Shanghai is their metro. Their metro kicks every other metro system's ass by so much. Like, New York's is bullshit compared to Shanghai. Oh, well, yeah, we know that. We don't yeah, have to go but... anywhere else to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's completely clean. It's all air-conditioned. It goes everywhere. <laughs> it shows up every five minutes at latest. Like, there's some places where the trains run two minutes apart from each other. It goes out really far. Like, you can go on vacation on the train. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to this one place called Meilan Lake, which is literally a whole place invented for wedding photography. Wow. (laughs) It's a giant lake, and all around it is this big ghost town of a European city. Literally just empty building after empty building and people parade around and get their wedding photos there. And so you get to see stuff just like a piano in the middle of a street. But you'll also see that same piano in the middle of the lake on a small little island with a pier. <laughs> or like you'll just, tre- you'll just see trees with the, letters lo- with the letters that make up love stapled to it. And it's, it'll be a tree in the middle of nowhere by itself. You'll see like a tire swing next to, like, a, a white picket fence that doesn't fence off anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so there's this whole place in uh, way north in Shanghai called Meilan Lake, and it's invented only for wedding photography. And you want to know something? It's crowded. <laughs> I find that unsurprising. Yeah. But that's, like, one of those things, like, ah, China. <laughs> Well, I guess like a city that populous, you need a good metro, or otherwise it's just going to descend into chaos like immediately. Yeah. yeah, and Chinese weddings don't fuck around, by the way. Oh, really? like, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I had a coworker from Hong Kong, and she did the the full traditional 
Chinese wedding. Obviously, China is a gigantic place, so the traditional Chinese wedding probably means tons of different things, so I'll preface with that. But she, it involved, you know how we have one wedding dress? Hers involved four. Mm. And there were like, it was like, it was an all-day affair. It was like the morning, you have the morning dress, and you go and do the morning thing with this side of the family, and then you have tea, and then you change dress, and you go do this mid-morning thing, and then you have some more tea, and then you change your dress, and then you go do the early afternoon thing, and she, she basically described the whole thing to me like it was an all-day circus where she was just changing in and out of, off, uh, out of, out of outfits and only taking breaks to drink tea. Uh, <laughs> wow. But yeah. That's so why you drink. have to change the dresses. If you're drinking tea all day, you also have to pee. Mm. <laughs> so, so you have yeah, to yeah. change the dress. <laughs> so, Marcus, um, well, the, I mean, I, I totally, totally think we need to adopt the train thing in this country. We've totally fucked that up yeah, in the United States. Total... We missed, missed the boat on that. But, but... <laughs> we missed the boat to the train thing. Yes, 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 no. But we've, we've uh, certainly, many of the countries in the Far East are, are way ahead of us. Many countries in Europe are way ahead of us in terms of awesome trains but how international is it as a city because i understand it's a port city um do you get a lot of people from other countries within the far east or because i know you get a lot of international people just in general um but what about like the neighboring countries uh and shanghai is the most international in china by mm. a lot not a little a lot mm. i mean unless you count hong kong but whatever we're not going to get into that but uh <laughs> But Shanghai is still China, though, so it's not, it's not like a New York, like, you'll walk down the street and you're going to hear either English or Chinese, no, n not much of any other language. Mm -hmm. but, but in terms of, like, percentage, very low. I was in an international class, and about half the students were Korean. Mm -hmm. A fourth of the students were Japanese. So, you know, like, being, being an outright Westerner was less likely than being Korean or uh, Japanese. Mm -hmm. But it's really cool. Like, there's a lot of, like, international or, like, foreigner districts. So, you know, there's not, like, it, you know, a district's either Chinese or it's foreigner. It's not, like, much overlap. So if you go all the way, like, by the airport, it's incredibly foreign. It's mm -hmm. so foreign that they literally, one of the tourist attractions for other Chinese people is this place called Lao Waijia, which translates to foreigner street. Hmm. And it's this one street that's just, like, it's this old train that got gutted out. And inside of all the old train cars, they have all these international restaurants. And it's like this big cobblestone street. And it's all sponsored by Heineken. <laughs> and they have TVs everywhere. And it's all these like... And the funny part is that like the foreigners who live there who make enough money to go there eat. But it's a tourist attraction for Chinese people from other cities in the countryside to come here. And it's kind of like being like a, it's like a zoo for white people. <laughs> <laughs> and you get to see them like in their natural, like pub habitat. That one oh. has a Viking helmet. And that yeah. one has a cowboy hat. And oh, it, it, it's pretty much like that. Mm -hmm. Oh man. That's really funny. Or like, you know, like the very rich just Chinese will go there and, you know, like, you know, to, to impress their friends, we'll take them to go get, eat international food. 
So, uh, speaking of televisions, I have one more question for you, Marcus, before we move on, and that is, um, what's what's the media experience like there? What you know, what's using the Chinese internet or watching Chinese television like? Because um, I've obviously heard that the Chinese internet is a, a lot less open, a lot more regulated than than the United States internet. Uh, is that is that your impression as well? Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of TV, I didn't watch that much TV. The only thing I did watch on TV was uh, League of Legends tournaments. Mm-hmm. That which was cool. It was cool to flip on primetime TV and see League of Legends. That was, oh my god! Yep. That, was, that was pretty cool. But otherwise, the internet is painfully slow. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, 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 or what I used was a VPN to like help me tunnel in, into other countries so that I could get YouTube and Facebook and stuff. Right. That that'll do it. That's just yeah. a logistical. Yeah. That that will slow things down because your signal is just traveling a very long. Uh, it actually it actually speeds things up because you go through fewer. Sense. You don't go through the state. Oh, so you mean that the even that the local Oops. internet is super slow? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so the VPN literally spe- makes you faster in China. Oh. But the thing is, is that they control. They still control your overall like how much data you're getting. What sucks is that around the Tiananmen anniversary, or if there's like uh, if there's like a politically sensitive thing, mm-hmm. they will slow the internet to a halting crawl. So slow you can't play Hearthstone. You can't, like, like if you post a status update on Facebook, it will be slow. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, the, Ch- the Chinese internet is, inc- is incredibly slow and painful. Well, uh, that's interesting. I knew that they did, like, content censorship and that sort of thing, but I, I had no idea that they actually, like, used the speed of the internet as a form of censorship. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, all my Korean f- classmates who came over here, you know, the Koreans have the crazy, like, insane internet we all wish we had. I literally saw one woman, like, trying to check the internet on her phone in class, start slamming her head on the table <laughs> with how incredibly slow the internet was. <laughs> that does make me feel slightly better about the internet in the U.S. because obviously it is nowhere near terrible. <laughs> it's nowhere near the Korean internet, but it's certainly not as bad as as what you're describing. Yeah, well, that's that's all really interesting. Thank you very much for sharing that, Marcus. So we are going to take another refill break, and then we will be back with Geek of the Week. And we're back! So we're going to wrap up this episode the same way we wrap up every episode of This Is Serious Business, and that's our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about things we've been watching, reading, doing, or playing that have nothing to do with what we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes or so. So, let's go ahead and start with Kristen on that one. Kristen, what have you been up to lately? Well, last week I went to see The Fault in Our Stars, the John Green movie, the cancer movie, and I read the, the book. cancer movie. Yeah, I read the book, so I knew it was coming, and I did make it out dry-eyed. But there's <laughs> there's one scene in particular where you just hear the wave of sniffles just cast over the entire audience, which is actually relatively full for a Wednesday, like mid early evening. It's like five forty. Mm-hmm. Like all these people just ran from work and bawled their eyes out. I mean, it was fine. 
you know, the, the book is a little more special than the movie wound up being, I think. It's fine. I would recommend people just read the book instead of seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of couldn't get over, um, I don't, I don't know his name, the, the guy who played Gus, the main guy, uh, his, his cherubic goony face. Cherubic goony face. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, like, when he's first introduced, he just keeps cutting back to him, just, like, grinning, and his expression doesn't really change, so it just keeps cutting back, and he's like, stop looking at me. Like, I know you're looking <laughs> at the character, but it's like, stop looking and I realized I'm, like, so old because all the characters that I, like, really felt for or cared about were the adults. Hmm. And, like, the friend. I basically cared about everyone except the central main characters. I mean, I yeah, don't want to have cancer and stuff, but, you know. <laughs> right. But no, that's never a good sign when, uh, when people on the periphery are more compelling to you than, than the main event. Well, I mean, it's Laura <laughs> Dern, too. I mean, and, you know, Willem Dafoe's in it and stuff, so obviously <laughs> right. they're gonna be a little more compelling. And, like, the acting was all fine, and there were parts of it that I really liked. There's a, a scene in the Anne Frank house that was really effective um, until the end. Uh, but I don't know, it just didn't... I, it, it wasn't greater than some of its parts, I guess. Mm. But it wasn't terrible. Yeah, no, it sounds like you're, you're describing a lot of adaptations. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's that's all the typical problems that come with it, sort of. And so now I'm kind of bummed that like it actually did better than Edge of Tomorrow, which is a movie I actually really liked. Yeah, I've heard I heard that I, I yeah, I, I heard it was good and it's like it didn't get the credit it deserves, but uh, apparently by the third weekend it started picking up steam. It's probably getting some good word of mouth because like yeah. I've heard a lot of really good things and it is it's really funny. Mm-hmm. It's, funny, that's not what the posters look like. I know. And yeah, it's <laughs> not what they're selling. It's what they they're selling like gritty action movie. It's not I mean, sort of that, but like it the strong point of that movie is Tom Cruise being a sniveling failure and being <laughs> really... I, like, again, I don't know if he's funny or if funny things happen around him, but it, it's really clever with the whole time travel thing. So, go see mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Edge of Tomorrow has been out for three weeks at this point, and I think on its third week it did $10 million, which is pretty good for a, a week three. Like, I remember people worrying about it not breaking $100 million stateside. Yeah, well, it's at it's at seventy four right now, so it probably won't break a hundred million stateside until it hits, uh, you know, Blu Ray. But uh, it'll probably do fine at ancillary. I'm sure it's doing fine. Yeah, and I'm sure globally, yeah. it's it, it's definitely one of those movies just based on the trailer <laughs> that will do well globally. Well, People, it's based on um, I forget if it's a Chinese. Japanese novel. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so um, and I think they left the uh, this original title. All you need is kill. But yeah, I actually kind of want to get my hands on that. It sounds cool. So, yeah, apparently there are, the ending is different. There's a lot of cool media that comes out of Japan, um, <laughs> just at the very least. Um, Tell even me in, more, what? Even, yeah. even in novel form, not even manga form. Uh, Jeff, have you been uh, watching or reading Attack on Titan? And... I, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly but surely making my way through Attack on Titan. I know Kristen's uh, done some Attack on Titan as I well. I started it, but it's just so stressful. It's, it's very so... stressful. Yes, it is. It's, it's very been... stressful. Yeah, they, uh, I remember my uh, my roommate was reading uh, Song of Ice and Fire and Attack on oh, Titan Christ. at the same time, and he was just and he was like, "Yeah, I'm okay with death by at this point." This world is a dark, dark place. <laughs> yeah, see that. Um, cool. Well, uh, let's move on to Marcus. Marcus, what have you been up to aside from uh, Magic: The Gathering in China? Have you uh, been checking anything out since you got back? Any movies, etc.? Uh, yeah. Um... 
Aside, uh, I, uh, today I got uh, South Park's The Stick of Truth. Oh, nice. And you know what? That game is awesome. I've heard that, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's like an, I mean, it, it was marketed and absolutely is like an old school RPG. It feels like, did you guys ever play a game like Legends of Lagaya or something like that? Or if, if, if it's like, you know, it's like a turn-based RPG where you got, you got a, oh, this person has an armor. Use your armor-piercing spell. Like, it's, um, it's very like a rock-paper-scissory type, um, type of RPG experience as opposed to like a Final Fantasy or something like that where it's just like max out your stats and hit attack. Right. So it's really cool, and uh, it's surprisingly, actually, it's got some tough spots in it. So I expected it to just kind of be like, you know, like a long South Park episode, but... The gameplay really, really does hold up. Like, if it was like an equally funny non-South Park themed game, it would be just as good. Yeah, I've definitely thought about picking it up, and I know it was on on the Steam sale. Do you remember how much it was? It's yeah. it's, it's forty on the sale now. Right, that's still uh, you know. That's I'm, still a lot for a video game now. That's still uh, yeah, that's still on the higher side, but I I have heard that it is a triple A game. Like, it's not. Yeah. It's not, they didn't rush it together. It's not like some stupid let's make some bucks game. It was like, no, this is the legit South Park interactive, fun entertainment experience. So uh, that's, that's cool. Yeah, and it was, it was worried because it changed publishers a couple of times too. Like it looked like it was going to suck. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up being good. Yeah, that's awesome. I still love the three part episode that leads up to it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the Game of the Thrones end. theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Princess Keeney. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well, that's really cool. I'm glad that uh, that you've gotten a chance to check that out. So let's see. What, what do I have? There, there are a lot of things I've been doing lately, but the other day I decided to watch Raging Bull for the first time, which is a Martin oh, Scorsese movie. It's the first time seeing that? Yeah, my first time seeing that. There are a lot of Martin Scorsese movies that I haven't seen, which is surprising because I... I tend to like those types of movies, and um, I went to a school that's really well known for giving a very good film education. <laughs> so uh, yeah. like I, I haven't still... seen it either, and I got a degree of my name on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I also I, that, that's doubly bad for you, Kristen, too, because Raging Bull is famous right. for its audio work. Um, Oops. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta get on that. I haven't seen Goodfellas either. I need to get on that. <laughs> How um, do you avoid these movies for so long? Yeah, Christ, well, you know, that. They're, they're right there on Netflix. <laughs> that's true, but, uh, you know, there are tons of other movies I've seen that uh, obviously I've seen. And I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of Martin Scorsese's work that's of the last 15 years, just not of the last 25 years. So, uh, Raging Bull is not really what I was expecting. It's a biopic about Jake <laughs> who is a, a, a boxer from the 1940s and, and early 50s. And, you know, going into it, I knew it was famous because uh, Scorsese did a lot of creative things with the audio design in the fights. So I was kind of expecting it to be sort of this boxing movie. I've seen tons of boxing movies. I didn't know if it was going to be more like Cinderella Man slash Rocky, kind of one of those movies, or if it was going to be more like The Fighter, more kind of gritty and authentic. But it's not like either of those. No, this movie is, let's spend two hours and 15 minutes with, like, your really fucked up grandfather. <laughs> like, that's, that's what this movie is. It's, it's a movie that you really shouldn't watch on your own because it will get in your head and sort of mess with you a bit. Like, in every way, shape, and form... 
this guy is kind of an awful person. He's just uh, an awful being. Not really kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and But you still root for him. No, you you don't really. By you the don't? end, you're like you're like, why did I spend so much time with this guy? And right. I did say I did say kind of when I said kind of I think it was mostly meant to be like there's something compelling about this, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I'm mostly just upset by what I'm seeing. <laughs> so in that regard, you know, it, it, it's it's one of those movies you finish it and you're like. Anyone who talks about how the 40s and 50s were a better time is full of shit. <laughs> it's totally full of shit. Because this movie unapologetically shows what was so messed up about people during those, those time periods. So I'm, I'm happy I saw it because, again, it, it, it does have that kind of interesting, strangely compelling aura about it. But it's really downer <laughs> it really is one of those and 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 the black and white film film is just the grayscale it, it feels appropriate for the movie because it's so bleak so yeah that's that's my uh that's my wonderful geek of the week uh, <laughs> outrage at raging bull yes exactly so on that note i do want to encourage people to uh please comment on this episode on our website if you have any feedback or if you are have anything interesting you want to say based on any of the stuff we've been talking about? I want to give you guys an opportunity to uh, make any shoutouts to let people know where they can find you online. Let's start with Kristen. You can find me on Twitter at Nero's Liar. Well, let's move on to Marcus. You can find me back on Twitter <laughs> at. Back. Oh my god. What's, what's, what's my Twitter again? Oh, Marcus god. T. Wallace. Marcus T. Wallace, yeah. There, find me there. <laughs> I say funny stuff about farts. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TisbyJeff. That's T-I-S-B-J-E-F-F. I'll be honest, I, I've been bad about using the Twitter properly. I'll, I pretty much all I do is tweet about podcasts. But I'll get better, I swear. You can find this podcast online at TisbyCast.com. That's T-I-S-B-C-A-S-T.com. Along with links to our awesome Tumblr, our Facebook, our podcast official Twitter, which is much more interesting than my personal Twitter, as well as our MySpace or whatever the hell else we have. Uh, <laughs> so as always, I have absolutely... Our live journal. Yes, our live journal. As wow. Well, yeah. I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. Kristen, can you, did you have a live journal? Yes. What was on your live journal? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh man, I found my girlfriend's old live journal. It's filled with teenage poetry. It's the best. Oh, my God. I didn't post poetry. It's mostly like ranting, and then I had a side one that was a side one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the side. In the heyday of the Harry Potter fandom. Uh, and now it's all archived on the internet forever. Man, yeah. the future, our kids are going to find so much stuff. Yeah, but it's a live journal, so the Russians are going to scrub that in, like, a year. Nah, they're going to they're gonna keep that shit. Oh, Who would? Boy. <laughs> oh, no, my Wolverine Harry Potter fanfic. Ah! <laughs> Look at this great Harry Potter smut. <laughs> oh, you think this it's great? That's yeah? so sweet. Uh, duh. Duh. <laughs> 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 I sit there reading da. <laughs> oh, Harry. Oh. Sorry. This is serious business. Take it easy.